0: Now, there is a new show, a sisterhood show that has premiered on Amazon called Harlem starring the good Megan Good. And we're going to talk about that quickly in a synopsis type overview. And then we're going to do
1: spoilers. Go ahead, Lady H, take it away. Harlem stars, as you said, Megan Good as Camille. Grace Byers as Quinn, and we may have recognized her from Empire, Shaniqua Shandall as Angie, Tyler Lepley as Ian, Whoopi Goldberg as Dr. Elise Pruitt, Jerry Johnson as Ty, Sullivan Jones, Jameson, and well, you know, I mean, those are the major ones. Um, You can see the full cast list on IMDb. It, the, how do you, you forget what? about the good good jasmine guy the og i was gonna get there but okay you want to go to jasmine guy now uh jasmine well, i, mean, guy I was, thought if we were talking about who star she's a major character so there was a reason why i didn't want to do jasmine guy now but okay. um but that's okay jasmine guy is your girl i happen to love jasmine guy as well but Uh, So there are 10 episodes on Amazon Prime. You can watch them all now. All of them are around 35 to 40 minutes. So I think you could probably binge through in a day or two. Um, It's a complete story with a little bit of a cliffhanger in terms of character. So you do have a foursome Camille, who is Megan Good, she is an adjunct professor of anthropology at Columbia University. You have Angie. She is a singer, actress, artist. Jerry Johnson plays Ty, and she has produced a dating app for queer people of color. And you have Quinn. So when we meet Quinn, she is a designer with her own boutique. And as Lady D was demanding that we note, her mother is played by Jasmine Guy. And we follow them. Uh, They don't really talk about how long of a time progresses for how long we we follow them. But we drop into their lives. Um, as a friend for some living in Harlem and they've known each other since their college years at NYU and now they are trying to figure out life in their 30s so that is the basic synopsis of the show do you have anything to add there Lady D no other than there are some good looking men to come watch if you if that's helps to draw you in okay so there there's they have some eye candy not just for well you know for the female gaze so not only do they have good looking men but they also have sex scenes for women because we do have a lesbian in the group yes yes that is true and and her and her
0: partners are not bad to look at Mm
1: -hmm. and so there's nudity and profanity and all that good stuff um so you're saying that there's nothing else to be added in terms general synopsis um we talked about
0: didn't you didn't you say in the synopsis that um
1: Camille you know is uh struggling in her love life (laughs) no I just said where she worked and what she did so they, there are some struggles in their love life as well, but we're dropped into their life. So part of that is who they choose to spend their time with and just how they choose to spend their time when we get dropped into their life. Um, I was going to ask you from that point, before we go into spoilers, do you like it or what are your overall thoughts of the show?
0: I did like it. I feel like it is a modern day living single sort of, kind of. Um, also gives you Black vibes, Sex in the City. I I think it has taken a lot of cues from our ensemble, female ensemble cast, girlfriends, all of those. And they've pulled it into a modern day, um, you know, four friends, female friends ensemble from a Black viewpoint, which you don't have to be Black to watch this show, but, you, you know, it is... Definitely from our viewpoint. And I think it's good television.
1: Okay. I think it's worth a watch. If you like the foursome friends formula to see different people's lives and how they come together. Um, I think that it is an interesting watch. If you do enjoy black friends. Now, I know that it's gotten some critique to sisters on VET. And I know that there's another foursome on um, stars. I haven't watched those. Uh, I think it's an accessibility issue and a time issue. I think that it's good that you can drop into different friend groups from different ages and at different parts of their life. So these are early to mid 30s, which is a little bit different than your 20s. So I would say watch the first episode. The first episode is a really good indicator of where it's going for the rest of the season. So if you watch the first episode and you're like, nah, then you've gotten your answer. Otherwise, I do suggest that you invest your time and watch it. And that's all I have to say that's non-spoilery. Do you have anything that you want to point out that's non-spoilery? uh nope 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 so is it time for us to get into yes if okay you what... don't want to get out <laughs> every time it's her you notice that so i'm gonna say that if you don't want spoilers because i do understand that it just dropped so it's about two weeks old and if you're waiting to watch i would say that this may very well be our last episode that you'll hear in 2021 So I do wish you happy holidays and a blessed and prosperous 2022. And um, if that's the case, we'll see you in 2022 or you'll hear us in 2022. So until then, be well. Lady D, anything you want to say or you just want to tell them to get on up out of here?
0: No, I would like to tell them this is my favorite time of year. You know that. She calls me since I'm Miss Christmas. I do wish all of you a... Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, and a Happy, Happy New Year. And I look forward to joining you all again in 2020.
1: 2020?
0: Twenty twenty two. I mean, what are Stupid.
1: you the Flash? You
0: want to go run back in time and watching too many of these time travel shows? Forty four hundred, the Flash. No, but I'll see you, God willing, in the creek. Don't rise in twenty twenty two.
1: Okay, now for the rest of you,
0: all of you who want to hear spoilers. Come on on this train. The rest of you get off at this stop.
1: All right. Now go ahead. Take it away.
0: All right. I actually, I love this show. I watched it in, if I hadn't have started it so late at night, I would have finished it in the one day. But I fell asleep on like episode seven because I had started it at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. I stayed up till like 3 a.m. It was definitely binge worthy.
1: Um, Okay. Okay. So you're saying that you love the show. What was it about the show that you loved so much?
0: I think that there was a little bit of someone I knew in each of these girls as well. These women, I should say, they're not girls, women, as well as the surrounding and supporting characters um, the mothers, I think there was just a little bit of life from all of them that reflected that you know, real life. Um, but it was well put together, you know, Megan Good, character Camille, you know, she's this well-educated young lady, you know, she's got a PhD, she's wanting to become an assistant professor, she's currently an adjunct, but she's an adjunct, right? Yes. Yes. And she's trying to become this assistant professor, which the job was pretty much promised to her by her current boss. But, you know, her current boss makes a a, a a faux pas and gets herself fired. So, you know, she has to start from the ground up and, you know, she's constantly basically putting her foot in her mouth with her new boss, who's played by Whoopi Goldberg. It's like, yeah how many times has that happened to you where you're like you have to start over and prove yourself to somebody else when you already had where you thought you already had everything taken care of then in her personal life it's like she let her man go he didn't come back he's engaged to this you know good look she's a she's a nice looking female another female of color she's not black but she is of color and she's british like now how much is that helping you know how we all feel like not in you know just society in general foreign women are like oh you know great that accent or something drives people crazy but she's still in love with this man she's stepping on his toes by protesting his restaurant but didn't know it was his restaurant it's just a whole lot going on over there, trying to fight her feelings, be a friend to him. Ugh, just so much, so much. And then not to mention, as she finally freaking gives into it on the man's wedding day and the whole fiance sees the
1: whole damn thing. <sighs> All right, so before I start, let me ask you a question. I know I won't be offended because you get a free pass because I am finished drinking that wine. Um, (laughs) You said that you saw people that you knew in some of the characters. Did you see me in any of those characters? I see parts
0: of you in some Uh of those characters. Which one? I see part of you in Camille. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Only from the academia
1: perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit
0: mm-hmm. um and I could be completely wrong but I do see a little bit of you um kind of I think I see a little bit of you in Ty.
1: oh I completely agree with that
0: I see a bit of you in Thai, a lot of you actually in Thai. your mm-hmm. ad, at, your attitude about life and relationships mm-hmm. I see you in tie mm-hmm. um and I do see a little bit of uh you and Angie Oh, because I'm always like these white folk. (laughs) (laughs) What these white folks ain't going to do is, yes. How about, well, since you
1: asked, do you see any of me in any of these characters? A little bit of you and Quinn. Okay. But But that's it. Okay. So Camille, in terms of academia, who I thought was more realistic Mm-hmm. was Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. I think that she was the most realistic or more accessible character for me of the show. Okay. um, Yeah, I think that she added a level of honesty. Of course, gravitas, because she's Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, but the level of insecurity and awkwardness, and I don't even know what you call Camille was shocking to me in a lot of ways and let me say this you do not get a PhD you become a PhD you do not do the research you do not um do all that is entailed the coursework the field work the writing uh the locating yourself in other bodies of literature and not gain a level of confidence in that thing. Everything else in your life can be a mess, but that's one thing you know. And it was weird to me to see uh, even though it is notoriously hard for Black people in the academy to progress, and and there were some things that I will say ring true. I'll also say that imposter syndrome is a real thing. It is not something that I fully conquered either, and you don't need people undermining you, and you don't need people questioning you especially people outside the academia it's like you don't even go here you don't know what it takes to be a part of it and what happens but the basic irresponsibility of Camille in terms of you can't keep your appointments that has nothing to do about race that has nothing to do with anything but you you can't blame that on anything else you can't I don't know um It didn't feel right. When you mentioned Sex in the City, Carrie Bradshaw had a column called Sex in the City. And oftentimes you'd have a voiceover of what she wrote in a column. So when the voiceover started and you would get a little bit about culture and it would be Camille's voiceover because she's an anthropologist. And then we would see her in the classroom. That part did remind me of Sex in the City. And so I agree with your assessment there. Um, I don't understand why someone who is allegedly assured and someone who had a wait list for classes treated that the undergrad student as annoying as she was so poorly. Where was she trying to reach out to the youth? She had a rant at the end when she was drunk to Dr. Pruitt, where she was saying like they were trying to make it seem as if the one of the reasons why she was not a viable candidate for tenureship was because of her social media presence. That is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. Um, but I, I won't, I won't get into the weeds with that, but I would say that, um, She did say, I'm accessible, And the reason why I have a wait list is because students can see themselves in me. All of that is very true. But I also didn't see her mentoring students. The only time we really saw her with students, she treated them like they were annoyances. Or that one guy who she stared down his booty hole and was like, nope, can't do it. So they were either like a sexual object or an annoyance. And nothing in between. So she wasn't well-rounded. They didn't present Camille as well-rounded as an academic. And Dr. Pruitt was absolutely right. She wasn't ready. She just wasn't. I'm not ready. So I'm not trying to act like, oh, but I am. No, no, no. Game recognized game. She wasn't ready. And I think that... Camille had a little bit of some privilege there, like, oh, you're black. Automatic assumption is, oh, you'll mentor me. She didn't approach her and ask. She didn't, she was just like, Oh, yeah, mm, you're gonna do this. No. But Dr. Pruitt gave her a lot of support and a lot of chances. All of them, Camille Blue. So true that. So firing her, so her quitting girl, what? Okay. I'll bring this up. You, you mentioned that at the end of the episode that she expressed her feelings to Ian and it, they kissed and the fiance saw it. I have a question for you. Do you think that that actually happened or was that Camille's drunken fantasy and that if there is a season two, we will find out that Camille was still in the car waiting. Mm. For I didn't
0: think about it like that. I actually did not think about it like that. Um, I, I don't see it being a drunken fantasy because I don't think Camille would want to hurt the fiance in that way where she sees it right, you know, there. I just, I feel like that's not her thing to go around hurting when, you know, hurting people intentionally. So I don't think she would have waited, been like on the steps where everybody and their mother could see. I mean, come, cause come on, is right
1: there on the steps. I just don't know. And I think it was because of his response where you're drunk You're in this space of liberation and going for what you want and things. Maybe, because, you know, she did dream about her being the princess that we see in the beginning of the episode. And again, at the end, it was the response that if you made that confession, that it would seem to me that you would want that girl, this should have been you. I love you too. Whatever. Instead of, what he started to say was girl this is a wrong time and then i'm still marrying her tomorrow that's not what he he said you know he said it but then it was but girl this should have been you i messed yeah. out my credit cards to give you a ring mm-hmm. you
0: which know? which which men always do that bullshit like tell us Y'all always talk about us telling you what we want and how we feel and what we think. But y'all do the same. But they do the same damn thing sometimes. Like when he got into the damn taxi and is holding his daggone ring Like you should have told her she didn't go because she didn't see you guys going anywhere.
1: But that was your fault. I don't think that that's why she didn't go with him. One thing that was made clear about Camille is that she has abandonment issues.
0: Right. Okay. So you're saying, yes, it was clear that she has abandonment issues. But part of that is if you don't have, you choose this relationship, you know, being with a significant other is a choice. If you're not feeling like it's going anywhere where you have this commitment, this warmth, this not being abandoned, then you're going to jump ship. If he had told her or proposed to her before they left, she's very detailed. She checks all the boxes to make sure everything is covered when she's doing things. And the whole thing about him not renewing his passport um, because they were leaving, it expired in five months. For her, those are things that, you know, you're going to do as a responsible adult. There are plenty of people in the world that don't know Especially if you're not a traveler like that, that you were supposed to renew your passport when it expired, you know, is six months from expiring. Lots of people don't know that. But she's so critical, which is also a part of her taking care of herself, trying to take care of herself. You know what I mean? But I think if he had proposed to her before they left, I think she would have, I think she still would have gone because he's making a commitment. It's different. You just roll off with your boyfriend. You could get overseas and he'd be like, peace out. I mean, yes, he could do the same thing as you're engaged. But when you take when you take the time to ask someone to marry you for whatever reasons, you're putting yourself that you're making a level of commitment to a person or or even the situation that y'all may be in.
1: I understand that I I'm of two minds of this. I think that you're right in that if he had proposed any time before they, you know, any time really, but especially any time before they left where it's like, I'm going with my fiance or I'm going with my husband overseas as he pursues his dreams and I do this, but we're going as a unit, then I think that she would have felt a little bit more stable. But because this wasn't her plan, this was his plan and that you're chasing your dreams. And she felt like, well, I can go with you because I finished my coursework. But that mentor, she told her true. Listen, everything is more interesting than writing your dissertation. You're going to be in a foreign country with all the things to see, and figuring out how to navigate life, everything is going to be about basic survival. Your writing the dissertation is going to get pushed back further and further and further where he lives his dreams and he he needs your support to make your lifestyle sustainable. Somebody's got to figure out how to pick up the mail. You know, you have the flexible schedule because you're writing your dissertation, or I should say you're just writing your dissertation, whereas I... I'm apprenticing under the chef, okay? I can see why she's saying, wait, all the things that I'm giving up, where now I had a goal, I had a plan that I was gonna do this. And again, this is a plan that she made at 18. This is not necessarily a plan that she should continue to have. And she didn't have someone to really navigate that with her. So she has a therapist, which is really good. When she goes, she knows that it's useful and needed and helpful. But her main goal was to support him. He said, I am going to do this. And it would have been different, like you said, if he did give her that commitment and stability beforehand, beforehand. I do think that she would have gone with him. Now, I'm not sure if I'll cut this out or not. But we had a book talk. We fantasy cast Shane from Seven Days in June. Ian, Tyler Lepley, the actor who plays Ian, was one of my picks for Shane of Seven Days of June. I'm not sure if he responded to that or not, but since we're talking about Ian, what do you think about him as that pick? And the reason why, for those people who didn't read the book, which you should, ian is this man who is gorgeous but also has has a dark past and has battled some addictions is a writer and is socially awkward but cares deeply has a romantic side what do you think especially now that i've introduced you to the fullness of Yaya Abdul-Mateen, which is what I was like, <laughs> awkward girl. No. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of, of him? I guess Tyler Lepley as an actor, because I don't know, if, did you watch P-Valley? No. Okay. So he was on P-Valley. That's the first role that I saw him on. Uh, and he was a bouncer, also Lego bouncer with a heart of gold. And this... Um, what did you think of him as a foil for Camille and and what did you think of his uh, relationship with Mira? Did you buy them as a couple? Did you buy her as Camille's replacement of yeah, I can see you marrying her or no? Um,
0: I they were both on opposite ends of the spectrum. After seeing it I think that he's a nice looking man, I think, and his acting is good, so I think he could work if there was a real-life casting of Seven Days in June.
1: Okay, so now what did you think of the character of Ian? Do you think he is a good foil for Camille? And talk about Mira and what you would want, because I brought up the fact that perhaps Camille was dreaming that she really got back with ian or ian decided that yeah you're the one and we're gonna forgo this wedding or whatever else but what do you think what do you want to happen and what do you think all of that i'll just say just go
0: i would really like camille to get over him like close the chapter because he's an ass for talking about he still loves her well if you still loved her And wanted to be with her. You didn't need to come back with a whole fiance. You could have just came the heck back across the pond. And you've been keeping up with Camille. I know you have. You know what she's been and doing and not doing. And you know, good and well, she ain't have a man. So you could have rapped right back on the door and said, Camille, I'm still in love with you. Let's pick up, try to pick up where we left off and see where it would have taken. Instead of coming home with a whole fiance. And then telling her when you guys get locked in a room and then on the steps the night before your wedding that you still love or in love with her and it should have been her. I don't know why people do that. If if there was no reason, he's a whole ass wipe.
1: So, no, so then, so, okay. Any other thoughts about him before I ask about the boyfriend? Jameson, that's his name. Jameson. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I just, I feel like Ian does not deserve her because he could have had her and it not be complicated. And he chose to make it complicated. So on the comeback, I'm not saying on the leaving. I am sort of saying on the leaving because he could have proposed to her again, like I said earlier, anytime before they left to give her that commitment that she needed and you talking about you drained your bank account to buy a ring, but you didn't tell her that you were thinking about making those steps happen. So if she didn't have a clue those steps were happening, well, how would she, you know, feel that those steps were happening and be so solid in those steps? And then you come back with a whole fiance and talking about you still in love with her and it should have been her. That That is emotional manipulation. hmm and a whole a bunch of other stuff fuck you that's what it is
1: oh good lord anything was that serious
0: and not in a good way
1: (laughs) okay 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 so jameson do you think that his researching camille for that date was that weird or was that romantic And would you have given him a second chance? From that point, besides anything else that that happened, like if you were Camille and you opened that laptop and saw that, romantic or weird? A little bit of both. Okay.
0: Because he doesn't know you from, from jump. I mean, you know, you guys hit it off, you know, in... The spar of this um, forum, but he doesn't know you. So the day and age that we're in, you have social media. I don't, you have Google. Who's not going to Google somebody to see if they can bring up anything on them to see if what their likes are and how they live their life might match up to how you live your life And if you're really wanting to get with them, you want to impress them. So I don't find that to be very weird. The only thing is since she she snatched up her his computer that fast, I guess because I have locks on all my devices, that's the part that's weird (laughs) because she was just able to open the computer and go because all my stuff locks. So she wouldn't have been able to see it when she first opened my computer because she'd been asking me for a passcode to get in. Mm, okay, because it's not like he knew her. It's not like he knew her friends to ask.
1: That's that's not what it's about, and I I don't know how he expected her to feel, but I think that she was in a vulnerable situation because he was a stranger whom she has sex with then she found out well maybe you weren't really a stranger and what is this right but he was he turned out to be a good guy he was trying to explain but you know i don't really know how you handle all of that she had a public life she was building a brand and notoriety so to act as if somebody didn't look her up and also a lot of the things that he knew about her are things that she shared publicly so why wouldn't you want somebody to say if you're interested in me to do the thing that I would want to do that that showed that you did care that you did think about it and in this day and age I I do think it's irresponsible for you not to google somebody just to kind of see if um a public record comes up of wife husband kids um bridal registry you know baby shower or whatever else that comes up that you you do want to know a little bit about a person that essentially says if I go out with you will I be safe now she spent time with him and he wasn't safe and he did say that to her like girl if I wanted to kill you I had you in many remote locations where that could have happened it was a little weird but yeah I don't know I think I I think I probably would have given him another chance and I would have also equally googled him And sent him to my friends. And yes, I would have had my friends put him through the wringer and all of those things to see if he could still hang. But I liked him and I did feel as though that Jameson was a far better match. Yes, than Ian. Mm -hmm. Ian is that good dick that he's that shadow dick. That you feel from time to time. You know how you have that (laughs) phantom pain? Yeah. Right? All right, so fine. Like, you see him, and you may be like, oh, oh, shoot. I felt that in my back this time. You know, like, okay, I get it. I get it. But I didn't understand why she felt the need to lie to him. And that's just a part of Camille's immaturity. To me, Camille was just immature. Like, there was no point in her life that she had a firm grip on and she was supposed to be the one that was like that and i i just didn't get it well actually there were in lots of different ways they each had a firm grip on something except for angie but i was a little surprised uh by that because there was nothing about their relationship that said that she needed to lie she boycotted Uh, You know, he knew who she was. I'm talking about Jameson, knew about her in a protest and how she felt about the gentrification of Harlem. Camille brought Jameson to the soft opening of Ian's restaurant. He knew about the relationship. He met Ian's fiance. If Camille said to Jameson, hey, he's here, he's still Black, you know, it's opening. I'm going to work with him to try to integrate some of Harlem's history in terms of art or whatever else, not only do I think that he would have been down, but I also think he would have helped. And that level of communication would, I think, made Jameson feel like there's nothing for me to be worried about versus being secretive for no reason. For what and for why? Mm -hmm.
0: There is no reason to lie. It was. It really wasn't. But you know, you had to. They had to write in, make it so that they can make this 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 triangle seem feasible. Whatever. I'd rather her be with Jameson than Ian. Like I said, Ian's a fuck boy at this point. He can fuck off.
1: Well, damn. Well, I. Well, you know what? I can leave it right there. Do you have anything else you want to say about Camilla? Do you want to move on to another friend?
0: Let's move on to another friend. She's okay. like you
1: said, she's immature. We need her to grow a little bit. I do. And I'm glad that Dr. Pruitt told her that. Like, girl, no. Anyway, all right. Who else? Who's who's next for you? No, do we want to talk about Quinn? Let's talk about Quinn.
0: Okay. Quinn's played by Grace Byers. Do you know it took me like I did not see her in her empire character? which is great like it took me a minute two episodes to figure to rem- to figure out who she was
1: oh that's what you mean by that because i'm like what do you mean by that honestly um i know she was on empire i remember she had short hair in empire i remember that she was with lucius lion but i don't remember her name <laughs> oh look um uh look at you struggling look oh, at you
0: struggling she, to, um, Taraji P. Henson used to call her um, Boo Boo Kitty. Kitty. Boo Boo Kitty.
1: But I don't remember the girl's <laughs> name is what I'm trying to say. I don't remember the girl's name. I know. But it still
0: took me... Anika? I mean, was,
1: Anika? Uh, yes, right? Anika.
0: Yeah. But it okay. still took me like two to three episodes to recognize that that was her. Really? Okay, it sure so... did. Her having the longer, lighter hair.
1: I recognized her right away. When I saw Harlem, there was a few people that I recognized. So I recognized Megan Good. I recognized Grace Byers. Of course, I recognized Whoopi Goldberg. And then I recognized Tyler Lepley and Jasmine Guy. I've never seen the actresses who played um, Angie or Ty. Ty. No, they were completely new to me. Now... Since we're talking about um, Quinn, her stripper boo Sean, I have seen him before, but yes. I can't place him. But I've seen him before. Everybody, I think else... he was
0: like in a Tyler Perry. Let me see. Uh, maybe not Tyler Perry. I'm on the I'm the IMDb. I can see where else he's been. One on one. Um, yeah.
1: I like that Quinn had played Graces. by Grace. <laughs> yeah, Grace's Caribbean roots because she is an island-born gal and a uh, jasmine guy had an accent. To me, immediately established history and understanding that if her mother has an accent, then she is a child of an immigrant. And in America, immigrant children have this history of working very hard to be successful because of their parents' sacrifices to leave their homeland to come make it in a new land of America. And there's always this tension about what it means to be American versus what it means to be from that homeland of another place. Like So there is all of this story just by jasmine guy having an accent so i was really glad that they did that and even quinn seemed like a pushover especially when it came to angie in a lot of ways but as soon as angie tried to take on this this jamaican accent to be a nanny Quinn called her out on it and was like it's not even good mm-hmm. and this is my a Caribbean culture and there are things here that's wrong and Angie couldn't do anything but say you know what Quinn you right on that so but I'm um, gonna do it anyway because I need that money <laughs> yeah are we gonna get to Angie but <laughs> uh it was interesting to see the five-year episode Uh, the five years earlier episode to see where everyone was and how quickly things can change. And to see that Quinn was in finance, was raising and earning money and how, even though she was in a boring job that, that she felt was soul sucking, the relationship that her mother had with her at that point versus the relationship that she has with her mother now mm-hmm.
0: her mother was so happy that she was quote-unquote successful had you know the good paying job you know the education the good paying job the good looking boyfriend fiance, whatever he was at the time mm-hmm. that worked at the firm with her and she was so ecstatic about that wanted to flaunt that but but she can't she doesn't want to flaunt her daughter now was an aspiring designer with a boutique, you know, she's an entrepreneur, she's working for herself. That's not important to her mother.
1: Uh, I but think that, that they understate, they, they explained it, and she was warned, and her mother was right. And I think that a lot of the reasons why Quinn relates to her mother and has that the tension is because her mother was right. She said Quinn's mother played by Jasmine guy, who I don't really know the name came to the job and was like, I just am so happy to see you work, Patricia, Patricia. I'm just so happy to see this. And I, that you earn your money. Quinn was like, yeah, you just want to brag. And then they talked about it a little bit deeper. And she said, I am, I am reliant on your father's money. Before his business took off, it took a lot of money to get successful and there is a resentment there. There's love, but there's also a resentment. And, I, and her response, Quinn, was, okay, when you're wrong, I'll accept your apology. And her mother said, when you ask me for money, you will change our relationship and I'll accept your apology. What has happened? Quinn has had to ask her mother for money. And because her mother said, I've been through this road, I know what this is, and I want your independence. She had enough money to try to chase this dream because she had seed money and how she saved it. But she didn't, as um, as Ty said to her, get investors and so she didn't really do all of the the work that she did. And it was a stubbornness there. And it wasn't as if she was doing something on a side and decided, oh, I really could do this. And let me say, and let me do my research and have a business plan and do all these other things. She just quit. And then was like, whatever. Because, And I think that she quit because she knew she had a safety net. And that safety net put her in the same place as her mother was her father. And her mother tried to warn her and she didn't want to listen. And then when it became true, it's just like, I don't want to admit the that's right. And that's how I interpreted it. Okay, but I, I can tell by the sucking of teeth.
0: No, I, I can see part of that. I also do think that parents have certain expectations of their children that they want them to live out, even if their children don't want that. So there's a lot of times where children's lives, careers are done based on what their parents want for them, not Mm -hmm. necessarily what they want for themselves. And Mm -hmm. honestly, Quinn didn't want to be in finance. She did it to appease her mom and dad, more appease her mom probably than anything.
1: I don't know. I don't know if finance, I didn't get the impression that her mother led her into finance. What I got the impression was that she was excited that she had a job that earned her money, her own money, and that she had her own independence. And so I think that her mother would not have had the same attitude if her job was actually um, business was booming a lot of what she said shady as it was as mean as it was was also true girl you ain't got no customers up in here girl you know you borrowing money from me to keep yourself afloat because of why
0: well I, I think that there is a way well then I shouldn't say that because I say stuff apparently to my kids that they don't like either but I feel like your daughter is supposed to be 30-something at this point. There's a way to talk to her as a human being, as an adult, and not talk to her like she's a child. And I feel like that's what she does most of the time. When they have these conversations that we've seen, they're more of her still talking like to her like she's a 22-year-old or 17-year-old
1: or a 12-year-old. Yeah, I think that part of it is because she's acting like it mommy may I and I'm and listen I have a safety net I'm not criticizing her at all but I'm saying that I think that a part of that is her mother is pressuring her to get married and Quinn is actively searching for a partner right but even she has shown like so there were two interest like love interests real love interests that we saw for her and one of them was a tripper man who like okay he had a job but he knew and what knew who and what he was and there was dignity and pride in his job but she was embarrassed by it and then there was a woman right and I think that a lot of her privilege is saying, well, I know that I should have a certain type of man on my arm that I am deserving or my social class or people that I associate with are expecting that. Even though when faced with reality, when she hears what she says out loud, she's saying, you know, I never really... I try not to make my people that I love feel bad about themselves because it has happened to me and it's not great. But in the moment, when faced with that and other people's opinions, she succumbs to what she knows and the familiar. And that is other people's opinions. Uh
0: Uh-huh. That is true.
1: Yeah. Well, you said
0: earlier that you saw my description. I gave a little bit of parts that I saw of you and the characters, and you said I you saw a little bit of me and
1: Quinn. So, what
0: parts of Quinn did you see in
1: me? Oh, being an entrepreneur and some of the struggles that go with entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurship, and I also having a mother who is just so and. Yeah, and some things that go along with uh, living up to an impossible dream or expectations. And then where are you in that? And probably having problems that your friends don't really listen to because they don't feel as though it's real problems. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. So who do we want to talk about next?
1: Let's talk about Angie because I didn't like her.
0: (laughs) Overall, I didn't like her either. But go ahead. Let's let's. Angie she she she's that I don't have friends like that who in my opinion she is a leech
1: oh lord Mm -hmm. she might be
0: she might be the wokest of the the, (laughs) but she is a leech wait did you just call her a
1: boat weevil like no I I said no I said wokest Oh, you said "wokest," not "locust." (laughs) (laughs) You just call her a plague from the Lord. I mean, (laughs) no. And and for the record, I don't think she's the wokest. I think the wokest is Camille. I think that she's just an internet loudmouth. That too, I'm just Mm. saying.
0: She she might use some of her like. These white folks ain't gonna do. She's probably the one to say the most, be the loudest about it. How about that?
1: Okay. And then when it came down to it, she apologized to that white girl. She did. I was pissed about that. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I but wasn't. Then, I look, wasn't.
0: Look, but then, but look, but then you made everybody lose their damn job.
1: <laughs> you know the thing about her. Okay, so I wrote down some things. Uh, about each character and what i wrote about angie was that she had the smallest heart I, i mean she had a heart and when there were some disagreements often that she caused she was like well get it together and then she would leave or whatever um it was her diva attitude i don't think that her talent warranted her attitude. I think that she's gorgeous. I think that she can sing. I like the actress. I think that she brought so much to that role. But Angie was a friend that you could not take anywhere. That <laughs> that sabotaged not only herself but others. Right. And and I was struggling to see. Okay, if they all met at NYU, um, did she graduate? <laughs> they did because there was a picture of all four of them. <laughs> I didn't remember and, that part. And I was just wondering, what was it like? I okay, when we then they did their flashback episode of where everybody was five years ago, and wow. we saw Camille, you know, about to leave with Ian and the factors that made her decide to stay. And we saw Quinn working in corporate before she decided to leave uh, to chase her dream as passionate as a fashion designer. And then we saw, um, we, when we see Angie, she's living in a townhouse with a driver. And she is treating people abominably, much like she's treating them now. except then she had
0: a a music career
1: (laughs) but she had a single music career and this A&R guy was like look you didn't listen to people you were disrespectful nobody is investing in you and the only person that believes in her is Quinn and she treats Quinn unevenly she just just enough for Quinn not to cut her out you know completely and like I
0: said she's a leech
1: yeah There's something, but you know, like her heart isn't big enough where I think that if Quinn cut them out of their group, I don't think that Ty and Camille would blame her or force something else, like force them into anything else. You know, like when Camille was supposed to leave and they and the girls went to brunch, the remaining girls went to brunch and they said, oh, this isn't the same. It doesn't work without Camille because she's the heart of the group. And then um, Angie was supposed to listen. She was like, I got my listening hair on. And she was like, oh, you bitches are boring. Who cares about you? I'm just saying that I I think that if there was ever an expendable member of the group, it's her it's angie yeah that's us and everybody else is trying to support and prop her up and she i think that she doesn't respect it that everybody else has sacrifices for her alleged art so that's all i say like i she was the one who i thought she was again thought she can sing i thought she was gorgeous but i also just thought you are expendable and that's sad and that's sad that any member of the group is you know could be expendable but Angie could they could they could live on without Angie so I don't have anything else to say about her Uh, no look we don't need the loud friend I'm like listen everybody I mean there's always a place for that oh wait I did there is something else I want to speak about two things what was it called big nigga season (laughs) yes Yes. Is that a real thing?
0: I've never heard of it before in my damn life.
1: (laughs) I mean, girl, cuffing season, certainly. But let me get somebody who's purposely thick because they got extra body warmth and I don't want an extra pill. I don't want an extra blanket. Girl, no. I had not heard of that.
0: I've never heard of it either. But I I mean, it was funny.
1: Yeah. But never heard of it okay last what did you think of get out the musical
0: <laughs> well because we I,
1: just see like two songs of it
0: okay well here's the thing i never saw get out the movie because it, oh well you know it, it classifies kind of in the horror genre and you know i don't do that type of okay
1: stuff. but you know how whatever happened yeah, to baby, baby jane? jane yeah which i actually love and it was more of a social horror and not so much about jump scares. Uh huh. That's what Get Out was. Get Out was not about the jump scare, it was more about the social horror of what happens when a black person is fetishized and tokenized by whites.
0: Well, then maybe I can watch it. You can watch on it on my small screen.
1: Yes, you can watch it because it's not about jump scares
0: okay but you know it was classified as that you know I just Mm -hmm. don't you know me I just don't do them
1: right yeah but I just because I know about your history with whatever happened to baby Jane so I'm like oh no yeah like you can watch this one but you know like if you saw the musical would I have
0: watched the musical if it had come to actual Broadway
1: probably would have Okay, I would not have gone to Broadway to see it. Okay, never.
0: well, maybe off-Broadway.
1: <laughs> yeah, because like Baltimore is one of those off-Broadway, pre-Broadway workshop cities where things can, we have something like Everyman Theater as well as the Hippodrome. And I would say that I would go to a workshop of it if, you know, pre-COVID, under COVID, hell no. But pre COVID or or post COVID, um, yeah, I mean, I, out of curiosity if the tickets were affordable, I would definitely go and check it out. But um, if I saw a preview and those two songs, I I thought whoever wrote those two songs did a really good job and well done. Um, but there is some cheesiness. It reminded me of I'm watching Hawkeye. And they have Rogers and Musical. Mm-hmm. And that that cheesiness of what they consider a Broadway show is. It's kind of like how people who don't respect the art form of soap operas consider what soap operas are. And it's kind of like, that's not what soap operas are. It's not what we are. How dare you? I, there was some of that, but this, the lyrics and the arrangements, it was good. I mean, is it offensive? Is it cheesy? Is it weird? Yes. But I applaud the artistry. Okay. Anything else about Angie? Nah, let's move on. We didn't talk about, now we got to talk about Ty. I like Ty. I like the actress who plays Ty. Her arc was quite interesting. I thought that she was the most well-developed character that they had in terms of a secret a crisis a, a two crises as so you had a medical crisis and then a, a crises of of thought and of character and of culture about dating a white girl when you're trying to do an app for uh, for queer people of color to find love with each other um, to see her burgeoning in her career with forbes But then find out she had a whole-ass husband. And, Uh um... That didn't say
0: nothing to nobody. Including
1: to him. Right. Just rolled out. What did you think about that?
0: I think that was hard. I think that's cruel and harsh. If you want to leave somebody, even if it's so that... Because you're not in the right relationship for you... That is so mean not to give somebody closure. So mean. And you just rolled out in the middle of the night. You didn't been gone for five plus years. You didn't reach out to him and say, hey, here's what happened. You know, I don't know if you realized it, but I'm gay. And I'm, you know, left so I could discover who I was and live in my truth. But I need to divorce you so that you can move on and I can move on in life. Or you couldn't, you didn't even have to have the whole conversation. You could have just served him with divorce papers
1: five years ago. Well, as soon as you left and you knew that you weren't going to come back, I mean, right. it, there are just right. so many options that you could do. And I feel as though the payback that he gave her, which is essentially I'm leaving without a goodbye, without anything, and you catch me when you can and having that fitting. hang yeah and having that hang over you especially because you have money now and you were warned you were warned that as your app grows as your profile grows then he can get more and more money because right now it's in the beginning stages you have investors and it's doing well But after the Forbes article, and unfortunately, like after she went to Afrotech, or as her profile grows and more investors come and people use it, then the valuation can go even higher. And, you know, it'll be real good if if she sells her app for multi million dollars. And then he says, ha, you know, it's like, right. Because you didn't handle your business. Because when she told, when Ty told, her story to Quinn, then the only thing she ever said about him was that he was so sweet, he was so nice. So there was, there should not have been any reason why she could not have done the right thing by him. And even when he came back in the hospital and deceived you, okay, why didn't you speak to him as a person? mm mm-hmm. I just think that she was the most fleshed out character in terms of all of it were the most complex. Now, there was some controversy. I don't know. Did you hear about the controversy about the barbershop scene? No. So there was allegedly some controversy uh, from Black men okay. about the barbershop scene, which lasted less than a minute, where um, Ty was getting her hair cut before the Forbes article. Right, And while she was in the chair, this other barber came in loud talking about how he treated this woman whom he has sex with for like six chicken nuggets and no fries. And through his disgusting talk, Ty says to her barber like, yo, can you handle that? And the barber says to the other barber, hey, there's a lady present. And then the other barber says, essentially, what lady, like she's trying to be a man or whatever and then continues on. And then when Ty Ty says something herself, but then says to the barber, like, yo, you're not going to handle that? And he says, well, he's family. He said, well, I've been coming here for a while. She said, no, you're fam? He's family, like he's blood. And then she decides to leave. But there were some men who had watched the show who felt that This was a demonizing of black men, that no black man would treat a lady like that (laughs) in the barbershop. Okay, sorry. And that women creators, especially black women creators, need to be careful of how they portray black men, and especially in their sacred space, like a barbershop, and that they felt as though. It was overdone to villainize and make black men um, something that they aren't. First of all, your response to that.
0: Well, I don't know if it was made to villainize black men. I think that there is a way that you should interact with people, especially when you're in mixed company, and that's and that's just about home training. <laughs> you you know and him saying she's trying to be a dude because she's gay and wears a suit and likes to have and wears a uh, short haircut doesn't mean she's to be trying to be a dude also there's plenty of straight women that will wear short haircuts and get their hair shaped up at the barbershop Mm -hmm. that aren't gay and they're not walking around wearing you know male type suits um and when they come to the barbershop too i don't think they want to hear that ish either My Mm -hmm. mother, when my mother had her short haircut, um, she'd get the shape up part done at the barbershop and the styling part done, you know, by the stylist. Because back in the day, most, it's not like now where most stylists know how to, you know, they do both well.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You know, you go to the barbershop, shape up part and the stylist to get the hairstyle part. But there, like I said, there are plenty of women with short, short haircuts that aren't gay. And aren't trying to be butch that don't want to hear that shit when they're in the barbershop getting their hair
1: cut either. But also, regardless of whether or not you're being serviced, I know that I've taken my boys to the barbershop. So, no, I may not have been the one getting the clippers, but I'm still there. Right. That's what I'm saying. i my mixed... boys.
0: Right. That's the mixed company. That's what Absolutely. I'm saying. Absolutely. You, you, that's about training. You like, certain... Sh- you don't say in mixed company now if there was nobody else there but y'all fellas and y'all went off on your you know tangent about you know what you did to whatever girl not to say that it's right but that's what y'all do shoot the breeze you know when you're by yourselves but you just don't do that in mixed company it's like you know women in general we don't talk about men's penises in front of other men you know unless 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 it's in that shared company you know type space
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know because certain conversations don't get had with mixed company
1: absolutely and there's so many definitions and layers to mixed company mixed company could also be some of the things you say amongst your friends you don't say Around to your the parents elders. exactly <laughs> mixed companies not just gender it could also be race. It, i mean there's so many things that you could do or you know what mixed company is but i certainly got the point that he was trying the other barber was specifically trying to provoke a response from Ty. Having said all that the controversy was about the portrayal of men and I felt a policing about black women centered art that really didn't have much to do with them and I, I felt as though it was really telling to say that that was the issue when before the the scene before this was Camille and Quinn and the the ridiculous Brittany or whatever her name was, um, at yoga, when they were saying nigga, 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 nigga. And they were talking about the um how none of these niggas was shit. The blue niggas wasn't shit. The purple niggas no man was shit. But yet you chose the barbershop scene to say you're villainizing men. Like, wait. And there were some other scenes where They went hard on men, but this was the scene. And then when women said, actually, I've had these these issues in a barbershop, so it wasn't far-fetched. Black men tried to shout them down and say, no, I've never seen it. Okay, aunt, you having not seen it doesn't negate it having happened. So for me, the critique wasn't so much about the barbershop as much as it was policing Black women's art that centered Black women. So that's my thing. Other than that, what did you think about Ty's character, her storyline, and anything else you want to say about Ty? Well,
0: I, I... I, in general, like Ty, I, I, I did find it funny when she was dating the CEO, whoever, where she flipped the script and was playing her
1: script on her in the breakup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is my move. Ooh, How yeah. dare you? <laughs> I'm only dating. You want to dare. Well, I'm only dating you. you. <laughs> I
0: I thought it was fabulous. Um, but. In in general, I think my biggest thing is what we talked about her and the husband, where you just let that man um be like that. You know, you you didn't give him any closure, you didn't break up anything, you didn't send him a divorce. So that she could move on with his life and you could move on with yours. And the fact that you still had him down as your emergency contact five years later, like for what? Like ten get, years later. Ten years later, like but she's been there five years, you know, up there, they had their relationship in college. Like they've been so close since then. Why aren't none of them your emergency contact? If you supposedly have moved on so much.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that that's the type of imperfect um, issues with a character that I appreciate, like a messiness or whatever mm-hmm. that I appreciate. Um, why not, why didn't you handle your business in this way? And what I didn't like was that she didn't treat him like a human. Like, for whatever reason, she did not feel as though she could have a conversation with him. And nothing that she said suggested that that should have been true. Even when he came back because they got that phone call about her being in a hospital. And he gave permission for the surgery. And then he found her with flowers and said, let's talk. And she didn't want to do that. And I don't understand why she didn't do the human approach first. Now, if, if he came to her and was like, what happened? He said later, what happened to you? But when he first saw her and she was in a bed and she didn't have uh, long hair. And he was like, what the fuck is this? I can understand. If he came to her and with insults and accusations or all these other things and all of the anger, some of it, which would be justified about you left me. If he came to her with that energy, I could see this being her response, but he didn't. And she came with all of the negative energy and, and I understand like deading her past because he even said like you cut off your family. You did all of those things and for what and for why and i don't know if some of the things that people say about gay people a gay child internalizes and says well i can never be myself around them so the only thing i can do is just leave and then of course the family's like i would have could have should have would have communication and one wonders well what were you and and the
0: reason mm-hmm. they felt that they had to just leave and couldn't say anything but you say what you would have would have done or should have done but there was something that you were saying or right. Doing right in the house that made them think that they couldn't be able to come out to you to right. tell you who they were or what right. they're going through or what they're feeling or thinking so there right. was something you were
1: doing that wasn't making them comfortable and who they were as a person and you have to accept that because that was that was going to be my point. One wonders if your child or this, whoever that was, should feel like they should put up with the abuse and then be rejected versus just to leave. But then it also is like, well, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to grow and evolve. In this day and age, what is important to love your people and to say, like I—I I mean, even if you were to say something like, "I don't like them gays, but I would love you no matter what," I mean, something to keep the door open, or whatever. Right. I mean, and really, why don't you love them? Are they minding their own business? Well, then you should too. I mean, good lord. Um. So, do you have anything else to say about Ty?
0: No, I—I I mean, I do like Ty. I mean, every everybody has their flaws. I, I'm gonna say, I'm, a, I'm gonna say, of the four of them.
1: Are you about to do a ranking? Rank, 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 rank.
0: I'm going to say of the four of them and having their shit together, I'm um, going to say Ty would be number one, then Camille, then Quinn, and then Angie. Angie ain't got shit together. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. So in terms of like, see, you know, having your shit together, uh. Eh. What for well, me, I'm it's just, about
0: well. What I say, I'm not just talking about like actual shit. I mean, just like their character, who they are, where they kind of are in life. They're all they all have flaws, you know. They've yeah. all done they've all done stuff from what we what we've seen in the first season that's questionable.
1: Yeah, but I mean, for me, I that's that's not how I rank it. How I would rank them is who would I actually want to spend time with. Okay. Or be friends with. I mean, Angie's still at the bottom. Um, So <laughs> it, would be, it would... She's too messy for no reason. Uh, It would be Ty. And then, I, I'm not gonna lie, Quinn and Camille are neck and neck, but I, I gotta throw a mucky wrench in there. Uh, Jameson. <laughs>
0: oh, well, come I on. Mean, Video I I'm Well, I meant the four girlfriends. Okay,
1: fine, fine, fine. (laughs) So then Camille and Quinn are neck and neck, but I think I probably, Quinn more than Camille, but it's like by hair. And then way at the bottom is Angie. Angie is like, oh girl, I guess. That's who Angie is to me. "Mm, Girl, I guess. Okay,
0: so who do you want to... For the men. Mm Mm-hmm. Who would you want to uh spend some time with
1: are you asking me about a fuck mary kill (laughs) is that what this (laughs) is okay if you want to go there so okay who are the men that would be we we have we have
0: we have sean jameson and ian
1: okay um oh no and then we uh, we have oh and then we have eric then we have the The, eric uh, right guy from the um the teacup right
0: yeah the teacup our our bisexual um which when we're talking about uh what do we call it big nigga season (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were like well we could just be each Mm other's
1: okay so i would marry jameson i would fuck ian and i would uh, wait who is the the other dude that ty married i really wasn't counting him we but we talked so much about him okay I, okay, so, okay. So it was eric so it was eric and oh Jake. sean sean right okay sean uh so if i had to kill somebody i would probably kill um ty's husband just because he deserves uh you know like kill the relationship you know like that right body. it doesn't have to be physical right right, so. right. It's like kill the relationship in terms of closure just just set that man free give him free freedom
0: but, yes yeah so that's okay. those
1: are my. that's my choice okay you um let's
0: see i'm definitely gonna uh, i'm gonna fuck ian just because he's probably he's pro- he's a good fuck that's what that's about um i'm with you i think i'm gonna marry jameson because he really i think we're both the same like i'm definitely gonna marry jameson i think he's a he would be a good dude good marriage material probably would give put all into the relationship and you know where there would be good communication and you know good chemistry i think that would work but then we have poor sean and eric and ty's husband mm. And I really did like Sean. I do like Sean. I just don't think I would, ha- like, I'm not going to marry him. I'm not going to fuck him. He's a stripper. I'm not sure if that's been c- communal dick. <laughs> so I'm I'm not sure I would be doing that. Um, but I think I'm still with you. So, you know, killing Ty's um, husband just to give him a clean slate not to physically kill him but Mm -hmm. you know he he deserved that and she just didn't give it to him Mm -hmm. and then the other guys like i think sean and eric are good like in the friend zone
1: see i okay eric eric would be in a friend zone but oh god i can't believe i might just say this the issue that i have with eric is the same issue that Angie had with him which was he was down with the respectability politics you know so that's that's really my issue with him um I would have had a relationship with both Sean because he seemed sweet and he also carried himself with dignity and honor yes I have a son Yes, I am taking care of my son. You know, like how he put Quinn on. He got Quinn the biggest commission of her career. That was him because he listened to her. There was some care for her. So I hope that we see him, if there is a season two, which will be my question to you about the possibilities of having a season two. But um, I liked him and the content of his character he just so happened to be a stripper i don't necessarily have anything wrong with that but like you said girl is a groupon pete and she... then there is um and even i don't know if was, was it Derek. i mean even with ty's husband again she didn't say that there was the content of his character this was a man who supported her and when she needed him was there it may not have been her cup of tea may not have been sexuality you know like they may not have been compatible but we are talking about someone who wasn't by her account abusive and you know wasn't trying to be harmful or anything so that I would not have minded being in a relationship with him Like, you you know, so I'm just saying like the only one, uh, you know, Eric is the only one really that I would think that responsibility politics would kind of wear on me a bit. But that's it. So I think the men that they chose to surround themselves with, all of them had a lot of potential, Mm -hmm. which is another reason why I think that this policing of you need to be careful of how you portray black men was just a bit much in terms of had
0: all these different portrayals of black men.
1: Absolutely. I mean just the fact that you and your black man is I don't know if it's because when there's a foursome of friends that normally women and I know that there is one show of a foursome of black men, but a lot of the shows and relationship and the complexity and depth they come from black women. And they're missing themselves being centered. So, therefore, and you know, they they like the show. So, they want to see themselves portrayed a certain way. So, that's my kind reading of it. But my real reading of it is niggas, stay out of black women's business. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway,
0: because the show ain't for you, but you're allowed to watch it. Yeah, but know. you know.
1: I mean, come now, come now. Okay, so what are you thinking about a season two? Would you like to see a season two? Or and well, if you yeah. would like to okay, you say yes. So what's the one storyline that you were like, okay, season two, they have got to go dot dot dot. I
0: have to finish the the Camille and Ian storyline, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, like like you said, is it a dream? Was it real life? Did the fiance Mira see them for real? Does Mira call off the wedding? I hope Mira, if it was real life, like she saw them, I hope Mira calls off the wedding.
1: Unless Mira is petty and spiteful. No. And was because like, I will marry you to make you miserable.
0: No, because that's gonna make herself miserable.
1: Not unless I cuckold you. I mean, what you gonna do? cheat on me oh wait you already did that ha you know you i saying? don't I,
0: I don't know i i i would say she's a she's a stronger i don't know i'm not gonna say she's a stronger um but i feel like
1: well she has an option like, you remember how she fawned all over jameson yeah she so, i mean she yeah she could run to jameson and snitch yeah
0: i mean there are all kinds of things that could happen Mm-hmm. but I would hope that she would call off the wedding and not end up if she actually saw it and not go ahead and marry someone who she clearly knows either cheat on her or at least emotionally is not available to her now that um, she's seen this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That That's just my hope.
1: Okay, so that's that's the storyline that you want to see more of. Uh, the and conclusion I just see of it the Camille up, yeah. and Ian's relationship. Okay, what about, about you? Oh, me. Um, I want to see how it goes with Quinn and Minnie AOC, okay. Isabella. Yeah, I want to see if like so what happens with Sean, and I want to see how. Patricia responds to either a woman or a stripper for her daughter. Or is she going to chalk it up as yet another disappointment? Or finally, you're getting some, you're you're moving towards a direction of something. Because the one thing that I do know is from being, from not being married, is that people don't really understand education. They think they do. They don't. Um, and that shows in some of the comments that people say one thing, because it's not accessible to everybody. One thing that is accessible to everybody is marriage. Well, now there is, I don't, I don't want to act like it was always the case, but anybody in America can get married right now Lord, hope that they don't roll back things. And if you're biologically willing and able to, you can have children so it's like why don't you have kids why aren't you married i mean that's the one thing like the poorest of the poor and richest of the rich like any and everybody in between can do you there's no gatekeeping there's nothing that stops you from doing this Mm -hmm. and so it's like okay you don't want to work but you're also single right and patricia's kept on saying my future son-in-law my future whatever and uh she, Patricia, introduced Quinn to Isabella because Isabella is a person with a good job and potential. So, and she's an out lesbian woman and, you know, she fundraises for her and all those other things. If Quinn was dating her and she could say, ooh, will they get married? I mean, the political ramifications, any of those things where she said, well, maybe you're finally trying to settle into your future maybe she can understand that a little bit differently than the pipe dream of entrepreneurship or whatever else it's, it's accessible. So I would, um, even Sean, who I think could charm, you know, Santa. Oh no, Santa. I mean, he could charm Santa out of all his sleigh toys. I just think that he's just one of those charmers where you want to brush him off, but you can't. Mm -hmm. You just, the genuine i mean he's cute sure but there's something about his energy and the genuineness and the fact that he knows how to listen to people that will win folk over that's my thing also it was good to see bevy smith because when i think of harlem in 2020s in 2021 especially but just just the 2000s i think of bevy so I'm glad to see that she was there. She was the aunt that kept on saying that that was all over Ian. That was Bethy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that she led some credibility <laughs> to Harlem. And I think that that was, that's a part of my critique. It didn't feel like Harlem. They didn't go to the Apollo. They didn't go to like Malcolm X Boulevard or some of the other things or they You know, Adam Clayton Powell. They just didn't really show me New York. They just showed me like, oh, it's going to be a white space. Boo. But they didn't show me. Huh? So you're mad they didn't show like show. It's It's not mad. Let me put it to you this way. And I know that they're two completely different shows. But one thing that Insecure did throughout the years was be a love letter and an archive of the changing of L.A. So they would say like, oh, you can go to the spot here and there's this and there's that. So even though LA was gentrifying and they talked about it, they still showcased the blackness of LA, what was still there. And for them to talk about Harlem and the gentrification of Harlem, what they didn't really do was still highlight the things that made Harlem, Harlem. Or to say like when they were at brunch, did they go to the black spots? No. Did they talk about some of, I mean, they the one time they went to the barbershop or the one time they went to the hair salon, it was traumatic. I mean, they didn't show the businesses, the things that were still great about Harlem. And I was really thinking, I don't know if you watched both seasons of it, but uh, she's got to have it on Netflix. Um, from spike lee and spike lee has always bigged up brooklyn and talked about the republic of brooklyn they did it too like talking about yes brooklyn is changing brooklyn is gentrifying but this is the history of brooklyn and this is where brooklyn is still black even though there's encroachment and this is where we're still a community you got a show called harlem and you don't do the same thing you didn't take us on a tour of Harlem. You ain't, we didn't go on an A train. The true. fuck? That's so I, that was my, I felt like that was missing. And why call it Harlem? If you're not going to do that, why call it Harlem? Did they actually record in Harlem? I don't even know. But why call it that? I was just asking because, you know,
0: sometimes that has to do with um, location.
1: Listen, I know there's a show called 20s. They could have called it 30s. They could have could have called it a whole bunch of things. But why Harlem? And she had the, har- the hashtag Harlem Ever After. But if that was the case, romance me. Make Harlem that bitch. And they didn't. So if they get a season two. That's what you would like for them to show us more of Harlem? I need Harlem to be a character like Baltimore was in The Wire. All right, or or like LA is in insecure. Mm -hmm.
0: I can work with I can rock with that.
1: Yeah, that's what I want. I mean, the rest of the storylines, okay, Um, but that is what I want. I want them to really, really dig deep into that culture and the history of Harlem. But I do want a season two. I don't regret watching it or binging it, um, and I do recommend it. Yeah. So, you know, I I recommend it. If you stayed this long, hi, thanks, tweet me. But I I really do Then You've already watched it and you know, you've invested so that you don't mind the spoilers. I really do want to know what did other people think about it? Because what I've seen and heard was mainly about the barbershop. So that kind of surprised me that
0: here's a show.
1: that's That's well wow. no, I heard something else about Quinn her bi curious flirtation with another lighter person. Um and I think that there may have been some criticism about Angie being the loud, I guess I don't even the know what I one? Think. yeah, no, yeah, but there's another adjective about her and then her also being the darkest one. Mm. So I know that there was some issue with that as well, you know, but that's, that's pretty much all I heard. So uh, if there's something that we didn't talk about that we should have, I apologize. But uh, if you tweet me at watch with you or what, excuse me, watch with you pod or at foodies meow, I'm happy to go in with, with you about, if you say, girl, what about this in Harlem? I'm here for that. I'm happy to still talk about that. So. Happy 2022. Uh, any, you had any final thoughts? Um, definitely check out Harlem. Um, I think you can
0: binge it. Just don't do it late at night. You'll fall asleep, I'm sure. Um, but it was wonderful being with you this 2021 in the midst of this pandemic. This was my escape and I enjoyed escaping with you. And I will look forward to escaping with you in 2022.